0: Thanks for joining Castleview Baptist Church in our online service. It's our mission to lead people into a thriving relationship with Jesus. We hope this service transforms you, uplifts you, and empowers you to be all that you can be through the grace of Jesus Christ. Uncle Leo started the film by saying, broken hearts... Are hard to fix. Sometimes you need a new one. You know, in our film, Bell had a heart problem, a heart issue. It was called dilated cardiomyopathy in the film. It's where the left ventricle is not pumping the blood into the body the way that it's supposed to. And, and so as we watch this, we understand that Bell is, is in a very dark and desperate place. But I want you to know this. It's, it's not just Bell in our film. That's a metaphor for Humankind. Matter of fact, the Bible says that every single one of us has a heart problem. It's called sin. You say, well, I I guess I don't understand. Uh, The Bible says in Romans chapter 5 and verse 12 that, Wherefore, as by one man, Adam, sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. As we watched Belle laying in that hospital bed, she's in a desperate place physically. I want you to understand this this morning that all of us are in a desperate place spiritually. Just being born into this world because of our representative Adam, we are all born into sin. We all are desperate. We all have a problem. There's a lot of people in the world today that will say this. They'll say, well, Pastor, I'm, I'm not as bad as somebody else. matter of fact, I go to church. I've, I've made it my practice of life to, to do good things, to memorize Bible verses, to, uh, to, to feed the hungry, the poor. There's, there's all these things I want to do. And, and so a lot of people would say this. They say, well, when I get to heaven, one day I'll stand before God, and if my good works outweigh my bad works, then I'm sure I'll be okay. I mean, come on, Pastor, the Bible says that God's a God of love, right? If, if, if the things that I do are better than the things that I don't do, if I can just good works outweigh the, outweigh the bad works, I'm sure that everything's going to work out just fine. Well, the Bible tells us that the sin of mankind separates us from a holy God. Did you re- realize this? The Bible tells us that God is holy. That sin cannot be in his presence. And therefore, we're all desperate in the fact that because of our sin, we cannot be with God. Did you know that your soul will be living forever in one of two places? The Bible says you can be in heaven with God forever. Eternal joy and peace. And no more suffering, no more sin. Or the Bible says there's another place. It's a place called hell. The presence of God is not in that place. You are cast away from God, eternal punishment forever. And most people on this earth just kind of wait until that day gets here. Well, when I stand before God, I'm sure that everything will work out. I'm sure that this God of love will love me enough to let me in. But I want you to understand this, that because of sin, we are all in a desperate condition because sin separates us from God. You say, well... Pastor, it's not fair. Adam's the one that sinned. It it wasn't me that sinned. It was the sin nature passed on by Adam. Yeah, it was, but the Bible goes on to say that not only do we have the sin nature passed on us, but we're also sinners by choice because all of us, it says, have sinned. Romans 3.23 says none of us are righteous, no, not one. Every person in here today has sinned in some form or fashion. You've told a lie. You've stolen, you've cheated, your integrity was called into question, you've disrespected and disobeyed your parents. All of us have done things that that, that have caused sin into our lives. And the Bible says that the wages of sin is death. Well, what does that mean, the wages of sin? We understand what a wage is. We, We go to work, and for the hours we put in, what we do, we earn a wage, a paycheck. General you know Romans 6.23 basically tells us that because of what you do, because of your sin, the sin that you have committed, what you've been working here on this earth, there is a paycheck for that. And the Bible says what you're earning through your sin is death. Separation from God from all of eternity. You know, the reality is in our film, we're watching a little girl go through a very desperate physical situation. But in reality, in this world and and potentially in this room right now, we have individuals that have a heart condition. We're all desperate. And that condition is known as sin. And did you catch it? He was uniquely qualified to be able to help this little girl. Uncle Leo said that about 3% of people had this AB positive blood type. That's exactly what Bell had needed. And and so Alex was unique in that he was able to meet the need that that Bell had. Do you know what's miraculous? Out of all of the billions of people that, that have ever walked the face of the earth, there was only one who could die for you. Because of our sin, the Bible says that that we are condemned to die. We needed a sacrifice. We needed somebody to to step in our place to be able to help us, to be able to, to take our sin punishment onto himself. And I want you to know this. As much as your mom loves you, she cannot die for you. As much as your father would like to protect you, as as much as your best friend or maybe even someone in your neighborhood cares for you, I'm just here to tell you today, there's no one in the world that could have taken your place, taken your punishment, been your sacrifice except for one, and his name is Jesus. He's the reason we celebrate this Christmas season. He's He's the reason that we think about him coming to this earth. The Bible says that God loves us so much. He sent his son, Jesus, to come into the world. And Jesus comes in the world. And Jesus not only lives, but Jesus dies. Why does God do that? Why does, why does Jesus have to die? Because he's the only one qualified to die for you and for me. The Bible says it like this. Isaiah the prophet foretold that Jesus would come into the world. Uh, Isaiah said it like this. He said, there's going to be one that comes. And, and he said it in Isaiah 7 and verse 14. Behold, a virgin shall conceive, bear a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel, God with us. That word virgin there is very important. That word virgin has been recently used to describe by many pastors and theologians as a young woman. Well, certainly that idea is there, but can I tell you there's more to that word than just a young woman? When the Bible uses the word virgin here, it very specifically means that this woman has not been intimate with a man. It's very important to our faith that we understand this. We've actually recently had a very well-known pastor that has an audience of millions online that's been telling his church and others that the word virgin here is not worth fighting over. Don't make a big deal of it. But my friend, I want you to understand this. The word virgin here is so incredibly important. Jesus was not born of man. You say, Pastor, why does that even make a difference? Who really even cares? Because the Bible says, remember our verse a moment ago, Romans 5 and verse 12, wherefore is by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. Adam comes into the world and he falls and he sins, and and so he's the representative, and every person born of Adam is a sinner by nature. But the Bible says that Jesus is not born of Adam, it's a supernatural birth, and therefore he does not have the sin nature that all of us have been born with. And I want you to know this: it goes even beyond that. Not only does Jesus not have the sin nature, but by choice, he's never sinned. The Bible says that he. Paul says it like this in Second Corinthians five twenty-one: for he hath made. Him, Jesus, to be sin for us. He goes on to say, who knew no sin. Do you realize Jesus Christ never sinned? Not one time did he disobey his parents. Not one time did he disrespect his parents. Not one time did he lie. He never cheated. He never stole. He never did anything wrong at all. The Bible says he lived a perfect life so that when he puts his arms out on that cross and he gives his life, he's uniquely qualified to be your sacrifice and mine. He's uniquely qualified to take upon himself the sins of the world. Do you understand this? There is not a thing in the world that you could do for your salvation. You've already messed it up. You've got a heart condition called sin. There's nothing in the world you can do. You cannot go to church enough to earn salvation. You need a perfect sacrifice. Amen? You cannot be masculine enough. You cannot protect your family enough to earn your place in heaven. You needed a perfect sacrifice. You cannot do enough good deeds. You needed a perfect sacrifice. And the Bible says that Jesus came to be just that. I heard the story of missionaries, A number of years ago, there were several religious leaders standing around having a conversation, and and they were all so... Amazed that their different points of view on religion could, could all lead to the same place. Matter of fact, one of them said it's almost like uh, God is at the top of a, a tall mountain and there's these pathways all the way up. And, and it, isn't it amazing that, that you can follow Muhammad and it's a pathway up to God, or, or you could follow Joseph Smith and he's a pathway up to God, or you can follow your sincere belief and it's a pathway up to God? And one wise missionary there that day said, there's a problem with your theory. The problem is the Bible teaches that God is holy and perfect and high and lifted up. And no man can get to God. So the missionary said, therefore God came down to us. Hey, can I tell you that's exactly what Jesus did for you. Because of your heart condition, you're in a desperate, lonely, terrible place. But God loved you so much, he sent his son, Jesus, to be the sacrifice for your sin. Well, the gift that Belle received from Alex was special. It changed her life. And it changed it in two ways. You think about it for a moment. She, she had life, right? She gets this heart, and now she's able to live, and she's got more days ahead of her. But John comes in and adopts her in his family, and life is different. See, the joy that she had and the fun times they had and, and uh, kind of the playful banter they had in the film. I think there are people here today that you need two things. That there are people in this room right now that there is no question you need eternal life. That, that one day when you stand before God without the sacrifice of his son applied to you, with the sin condition that you're in right now as desperate as you are there are people in here right now that need to cry out to God today to be able to receive the gift of eternal life with God forever but there's also a group of people in here right now that you know you look at someone like this and you think about this Christmas season and there's something missing the joy that you see in certain people you don't have the laughter that you wish you could enjoy is actually full of tears. Do you realize the Bible says that Jesus came to give you life? But not just to give you life, Jesus came to give you life more abundantly. Jesus wants to give you life in heaven yes forever, but he also wants to bless your life here on earth forever. He wants to give you this life that you can enjoy here on this earth, here in this moment. And some of you right now are probably thinking to yourselves, how do I get this kind of life? How is it that I can I can receive the gift of salvation? Because it's true, there's nothing you can do to earn salvation. Someone said it like this, the only part that you contributed to your salvation was the sin part. If you know Jesus Christ, it wasn't because of any good thing you did. It was because Jesus Christ did something for you. And some of you right now are thinking, how in the world can I have this eternal gift of salvation? The Bible tells us we have to receive it. It's much like next Sunday when you wake up in the morning and you go under the tree Somebody has wrapped the gifts and they've put the bow on it and maybe they've scribbled your name on a tag and and next Sunday morning as you you pick it up, what do you have to do to, to have that gift? All you have to do is receive it. You don't have to pay for it. You're not expected to, to give anything for it. You're not, uh, you don't have to say pretty please for it. It's a gift that was, that was given to you. It was picked out for you. It was desired for just you, and so you take it and you receive it. Do you realize the Bible tells us that God offers us that gift of salvation? Well, how do we get it? Well, the Bible says, in First John 5:11, this is the record, that God hath given to us eternal life." Now listen to what he says, "And this life is in His Son." Can I, I just want to be super clear about this because I, I want you to get this. There's so many things going around in our culture today. There's so many different belief systems. There's, there's so many people that are confused on this and, and what is the message of the Bible and, and how do we get to heaven one day? The Bible says it so clearly. This life, eternal life, is in his Son. Then he goes on to say it like this. He that hath the Son... Hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. My friend, it is that clear. You cannot get to heaven because of your intellect. You will not get to heaven because of your skill. You will not get to heaven because you are a good person. You will not get to heaven because you went to church. You will not be, go to heaven because you were a good child. You will not go to heaven because you were a good parent. You will not go to heaven because you were a kind and generous person. The Bible says when you get to heaven, the question will be one and one only, what did you do with Jesus? You say, Pastor, how can I, how can I answer that? What do I, how do I receive Jesus? And if I've got to receive him, how do I do it? Here's what the Bible says in John 1.12. As many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. The Bible says, call on the name of the Lord, and thou shalt be saved. There's some in here right now that you're thinking to yourself, I've done too many things. That There's some in here right now thinking, you walked in thinking, I'm a good person. I'm sure I'll earn my way to heaven. And, and now, of course, you understand the Bible teaches against that. But there's also a group of people that walk in here right now that say, God, you could never save me. I've, I've done too many bad things. Do you know the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sin, he's faithful. And listen to this word, and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you realize that God has the power to take that sin away from you and remove it as far, the Bible says, as far as the east is From the west. You ever think about that? I I thought about that once. The north to the south. When you're on the north, you you start heading south. And at some point, you come around the globe and you're headed north again. When you start heading east, when you're going east, you're always going east. East and west never meet. They never, you you start going east, you're always going to be going east. God says, I'm removing your sin from you just like that. As far as the east is from the west. Why does he use the word just? I would think he'd say, I'm faithful and merciful to take your sin away. But he doesn't say merciful, he says just. The reason he does that is because it would be unjust for two people to pay for the same sin. If you went over to the car lot today and you picked out a car and you you paid in full as you drove off the lot... It would be unjust for that car lot to call you in a week and ask your wife to pay that balance again. Ask one of your children to pay that balance again. Ask you to pay that balance again. Why? It's already been paid for. That's unjust to ask me to do that. Well, Jesus Christ, the Bible says, has paid for your sin. And Jesus says, when he died on the cross... He said, it's finished. Everything necessary for salvation has been accomplished. The only thing you have to do for salvation is to receive it. Has there ever been a time in your life that you've been able to honestly before God admit, God, I'm a sinner. There's no doubt about it. I know that if I died right now, I'd split hell wide open. I know that if I died right now that that I would be condemned forever because of my sin. I know that I might feel better than a neighbor, but it doesn't matter. He's not the standard. You're the standard. I know that I might feel better than someone I work with, but that doesn't matter. The Bible says the only way to salvation is not my good works, but it's through Jesus Christ. Have you ever come to a place in your life that you've cried out to God and asked Jesus to save you? Do you know that this morning you can do that? Right now in this place, and we're going to give you an opportunity in just a moment, you can cry out to God and say, God, I know I'm a sinner. I know I'm desperate. I know I needed a sacrifice, and that sacrifice came in the form of Jesus Christ who knew no sin, and I want today to receive the gift that Jesus Christ so lovingly gave. John three sixteen. you know it. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Listen, Jesus offers forgiveness and peace, but you must receive. You remember the Passover in in the Old Testament? That They were told that the death angel would come over and and Israel was told that you had to take the the blood of the lamb and you had to apply it to the doorpost of, of where you were living or else the firstborn would die. Can I tell you what they had to do? They had to apply it to their own house. It wasn't enough that some of the Israelites did it. It wasn't enough that their friends did it. It wasn't enough that people they knew did it. It wasn't enough that it was just commanded that they do it. They had to personally apply that blood to the doorposts there of their own Home. And my friend, today you have to personally take the blood of Jesus and ask God personally to forgive you of your sin, to give you life that only Jesus Christ can offer. Hey, can I ask you for a moment? Have you ever done that? Can can we just bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment? Because I want to give you a chance, an opportunity to be able to talk to God in these next few moments. The Bible says that you can call upon your God at any moment. He is just one prayer away. And right now, sitting in your seat, you could admit to your God that you're a sinner, and you could pray something like this. You could say in your heart right now, Father, I know I'm a sinner. I've broken your law, and I realize I'm condemned to die and to pay for my sin for all of eternity. But thank you for sending Jesus to pay for my sin and to save me. Right now, I receive Jesus to be my Savior. I realize being a good person can't save me. Doing good things can't save me. Going to church can't save me. Only Jesus can save me. And right now, I place my faith and trust in Jesus to save me from my sin. Thank you, Father, for saving me in Jesus name. Every hit is bad, and every eye close for just a moment i I will not point you out. I would embarrass you for the world, but I would love to pray with you. Can I rejoice with you? If there's someone here right now that just prayed that in your heart and in in, in, just, just to yourself, to, to the Lord, and, and you believed what you prayed and you said, God, forgive me my sin. Would you save me? If that's you right now, if you did that, I won't point you out and embarrass you, but I would love to pray for you in just a moment and 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 ask the Lord to, to help you on this new journey. I wonder how many right now would, would simply raise a hand and say, Pastor, I I did. I just prayed that just now. I asked. Thanks again for joining us online. If you have questions about the message or Castleview Baptist Church, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us through email, check us out on our website, or visit social media for the latest news. Thanks for watching.